everybody, and welcome to CommanderCast, episode 255. We're your weekly source for community strategy and technology, hosted on mtgcast.com and our home site, commandercast.com. Um, this week, we are uh, down a couple people, and we have been plagued by some interesting technology quirks, so I actually hope that people are hearing this, and I'm not just talking to a microphone uh, for, for an hour and a half for nothing. So... Fingers crossed, everybody across the internet. Uh, today we're going to talk about, uh, or today we're not going to do a uh, favorite commander segment. As I said last week, we're kind of putting that one out to pasture. There might be something else uh, in in the future that kind of takes its its place. But for now, we're just going to do some intros. Uh, my name is Mark. I'm the casual scrub on the podcast. I'm the guy who is basically here just to talk about the derpy things he likes to do with tokens um, and maybe really stupid value things that don't win me the game, but let me have a fun time while I'm getting beaten at the game. Um, and we're going to start off with the guests this week. So this week, uh, back again after popular request, Adam, could you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Hey, Adam here. Uh, you may know me as Squire One around Tapped Out. I used to write there a little bit. Uh, just been playing EDH for some number of years now and uh, loving every second of it. Great. And back with us, uh, as always, is Clay. Yeah, I am. I am here. I am, <laughs> I am here. Yeah, Clay's here. He has arrived. We can has Clay. Sweet. There we go. Yeah, I guess I, maybe we really should do something else with the intro. I don't know. Or I should do something else with the intro. I don't know. Intro's accomplished. Um, <laughs> do you want me to do the, like, Patreon, Reddit, YouTube thing? Oh, that's right. I did do the Patreon. Oh, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, go for it, Clay. If you enjoy what we do here on CommanderCast and around our website, you can support us through our Patreon. Um, I believe it's... Well, the link is in the show notes. I actually have no clue what the sub-URL is. But uh, there are many different tiers there. Um... Hold on. What are they again? That's always the question. Oh my gosh, if it would load. Okay. Um, <laughs> you can pledge as little as $1 to uh, help us keep our site going and help our creators create more things. Um, if you donate $3, if you pledge $3 or more per month, um, you can also um, have a say in what we talk about on our occasional uh, patrons' choice episodes where you guys get to choose what we talk about. Um, at $5 or more, you get early access to the alpha build videos, which are pretty damn cool. It's a really cool concept. Um, yeah, support our website, because we love creating content for you, and we need to be able to do that without without our people running out of money, without yeah, the website going go. down. Um, we also have a YouTube page where the alpha build videos are posted, and we also have a subreddit, our commander cast, where occasionally some of us will hang out. I actually personally have not been Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah! I'm better at that. <laughs> eh, don't worry about it, man. Um, as, as long as everybody knows and we kind of keep talking about it, I think that's the most important part. So. Yeah. Regardless, uh, this week we're going to launch straight into our community segment. It's going to be a roundtable on tired, fired, and retired, uh, how and when you decide to put a deck out pasture. So please stick around with us for the community segment, and uh, we'll get to that shortly. Uh, Boom. All right. Okay. Holding. Uh, let me... Uh, everybody all ready for community? Yeah. I guess so. Sweet. All right. Let's launch into this sucker. All 
folks. On uh, community segment this week, we're going to talk about Tired, Fired, and Retired, uh, the title that Clay doesn't like for this segment that I, <laughs> that I put on. I said I didn't like it. <laughs> I just said whatever the hell that means. Yes, the title that confuses Clay about the segment. I thought it was very witty, uh, but <laughs> apparently I was wrong. So there we go. That's not going to be the, the first, the first or the last time that's going to happen on this show. Uh, but long story short, it's when and why you decide to put a deck out to pasture. So, um, Adam, since you're the guest, we'll lead off with you. When do you decide that uh, enough is enough with a deck, or maybe just a deck is uh, I don't know, it's not quite good enough for the good for the, the big leagues anymore. You have to make that slow walk to the mounds. Tell them to go back in the pitcher's box. So none of my decks are ever good enough for the big leagues. Let's just start there. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I think it's when it becomes not fun anymore is, is the general rule of thumb for me, either for me or for my play group. Um, my play group is pretty easy going. I mean, I have played LD decks and things like that with my play group and they're, they're pretty okay with those kind of things as long as you have a way to close it out. Um, but I mean, I was playing a Zozu deck and yeah, I played it for probably like six months, but after a while it was just, you know, okay. I start things. I do some painful things to people. I blow up some lands. I either win or lose. Like it, it got very repetitive and very boring. So I kicked that one to the side. Hmm. Clay, what about you? Um, well, I think for me, it comes down to how much fun do I have with the deck and also if something more fun just comes along. Um, like, the first deck that I ever built was, uh, pushed aside after another deck came along that I just had a lot more fun playing. Like, I still had the deck put together, but I didn't play it nearly as much. Um, and that kind of happens these days, especially within my playgroup that's just like, one of us builds something new that we just want to play it a lot more. We don't necessarily retire the old decks unless we, like, pull them apart to put something else together, but... It's basically just, like, keeping things changed up and making sure that everyone is having fun and fighting something new and learning something new. Mm. You know, I think when I think about this topic, I, th- I have a couple of specific decks in mind. And specifically, I always have those decks in mind where, like, I, I have this great idea for a deck. You know, you sit down and you're like, oh, man, you know, deck's going to do whatever X, Y, and Z you think the deck's going to do. But it never quite does that thing or it never does it enough. Or, like, my example is I had a, a mono-white reanimator deck that I built for the show, I think, like, last year sometime. Uh, and as amazing as that concept sounds, guess what, people? It kind of sucked. <laughs> so, um, you know, like, I just, it got to the point where I just couldn't pull it out anymore. Like, I just couldn't. Like, I felt embarrassed doing it because it just never really did. I mean, it did the thing I wanted to do probably, like, 15 turns later, you know, but by that time I was dead and I had just, I had <laughs> like, there's just, there was no real saving that deck. I mean, it was a concept that was probably doomed to, to start. I mean, you know, surprise, surprise, Magetta the Lion, not really a super hot uh, commander to begin with. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought he was going to be way better when I threw him in a deck than he ended up being, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, and maybe he would be better in the 99, I don't know, but, oh god, this was just, yeah, this was the deck that was never gonna, it was it was never really meant to be, so, I have it's kind of like a bad relationship. <laughs> yeah, I have a deck right now that looks like it will probably be going that way, I put it together last week, 
uh, and it's it's already on the chopping block potentially. Oh. Uh, well, I mean, it was like I'm trying to do the 27 deck thing, and so my Azorius one. I'm also trying to not be like cliche and just pick like the best. So I built an Asperia Supreme Judge deck. I don't know if huh. anybody knows what that card does, but basically it wants people to attack you so that you can draw cards. Uh, so I have a whole lot of basically like sirens calls and <laughs> already a good start. Already a good start. Dulcet sirens and weird like fog effects. Uh, and it just it goes nowhere for like six or seven turns. And then if people are attacking you, you're like, hey, I got a card. I'm gonna <laughs> die. <laughs> so I don't I don't think it's gonna stay together, but we'll see. Oh man, that sounds so much like, um, I had a, a, this is the worst fucking deck I've ever built. It was a Damia Death Touch deck. So <laughs> right off the, right off the bat, like, Damia was the, I was playing Damia because she had Death Touch. Fucking phenomenal reason to put together a deck, right? Well, that was, that was the great part. Like, you said Damia, and I was like, oh yeah, horrible deck. And then you said Death Touch deck, and I was like, alright, well, fair. <laughs> Yeah, so already going like I'm like diving deep on the Gorgon Tribal, right? But it wasn't even a Gorgon Tribal. It was just it had all the lure effects and like the Sirens Call crap that I could put in it because I just <laughs> wanted people to attack my Death Touchers. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like I'm thinking back in it, I'm like, what the fuck was I doing with that deck? Like, what was it? I don't even like. Here I have like the most amazing card draw engine, like or one of the most amazing card draw engines as a commander. In Commander, and I'm using it for its Death Touch ability. <laughs> I am just knocking it out of the park. So, um, I, I eventually ripped that sucker apart and I, I just made it into a Damia Spell Shaper deck. Ah, uh, that sounds cool. So that's, yeah, it sounds like that's much more sound. Yeah, right? Cause like, there are, <laughs> like, this one actually stands a chance at winning sometime, ever. Um, you know, you know what was bad? Like, the best card in my, in my Damia Death Touch deck was, uh, Phyrexian Obliterator. And like, that was the thing that I wanted to do was lure people to attack Phyrexian Obliterator. <laughs> and I'm like, like there's, there just comes a point where, again, the, the more I think about this topic, the more I think of it as like a relationship. Like, you just have to have like, a hard, like, come to Jesus moment and be like, what am I doing with my life? Like, what's, like, what is going on here? Like, I need to, I just need to, this isn't healthy. Like, we need to just not see each other again. Like, no. So, yeah. Asperia, this seems like a good idea. I thought we were going to have lots of laughs. I thought we were going to be like, ha ha, you have to attack me, so I draw all the cards. Sorry. Yeah. It, but, it didn't turn out that way. We, we maybe, have to go out separately, isn't it? Maybe I'll, I, um, I've been thinking about doing an Ace Attorney themed deck. Um, Go on. <laughs> so maybe I'll play Asperia as the commander for that. <laughs> Actually, that seems that that seems like a pretty awesome awesome. Because then I get to play a bunch of counter spells and shout objection when I counter things. That's so true. totally down with that. Yep. Now, would you ever consider like original Asperia? Uh, like that's that's some. Ooh. <sighs> I feel like I'd need to be playing Glasses of Urza. Yeah, I had a friend who built this, and it was, uh, you know, it was exactly what you thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, not not good, kind of. Yeah, you know, maybe go the Sphinx Tribal route. Like that's always, yeah, you're you're doing great things with your life. Good to, <laughs> with the Sphinx Tribal route, I don't know. 
I mean, I mean, sure, I, you know, I'm sorry to the one listener out there who has, like, you know, the, the Shroom Sphinx tribal deck that I just totally took a steaming shit on, but sorry. So, also, no one believes it's really Sphinx tribal, buddy. Like, we know you're doing stupid shit with artifacts, but... Yeah, but. I was gonna say, like, if you're playing Shroom, or you, like, I don't care if you have, like, 50 Sphinxes in there, like, you still have, like, Steel Shaper's Gift and stuff in there. Just yeah. Wish, like, right? <laughs> you're, you're still doing dumbass shit with, like, Disciple of the Vault. Like, we, we know, buddy. Like, just don't try and, you know, you, you can throw all, like, the Goliath Sphinx you want to out there to, like, assuage us or, like, throw us off the track, but no, fuck that. So, <laughs> does anybody else have any, uh, any, I guess, uh, I don't want to say rap yeah. thoughts, but any other thoughts about this? No, I mean, I think the other time that, that it becomes a, a time to, at least for me, to get rid of a deck is when something becomes too homogenous. You know, like when you, when you start working on a deck and you're like, oh, this isn't too bad, but then you start to really like fine tune it. You know, cause I have a Hazazan deck and that, you know, that can be a very linear strategy. Uh, yeah. and, and I don't think it's, mine is super different from everybody else's, but I think if it became too homogenous with what all Hazazan decks are, then I would just get kind of tired of like, like my creative outlet is gone at that point and I, I want to do something else. Mm. Yeah. Uh, another good, uh, thing is, uh, knowing when your playgroup gets tired of a certain deck. <laughs> yeah. Um, because you may love playing your deck, but if no one else does, people aren't going to want to play with you. So it's probably a good idea to uh, pick up on social cues <laughs> about when to yeah. at least put a deck on the back burner and work on something new. We're not saying you can't play that deck from time to time. <laughs> We're just saying we'd like to see you branch out a bit. Hey, when you get 3v1 every game, <laughs> that's the time. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Social cue? Yeah. I know, like, at some point, everyone has their babies, right? Like, I have some decks that I just love to play, just because I love to play them. Um, but after a while, you know, people just get tired of seeing your deck. Even if it's, like, even if it's your favorite thing. Like, you you kind of have to change it up. I have, I feel like I have to change up every couple games anyway. Like, if I play more than two games in a row with the same deck, I feel like I'm probably... I'm not, I'm not doing a disservice to my playgroup, but that's not like, like I'm not doing them a service at any point anyway. <laughs> but like, I, I think that maybe just like, it's getting a little boring. Even with the, the high variance that is natural to this format, I think you just kind of have to change it up after a while, you know? Even within the same play session. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's unreasonable though to keep a deck around that's your like pet deck, but e- even if you're getting some of those social, social cues to a, to a lighter extent, as long as you only break it out occasionally. Mm. Like, once a month, I'm going to break this thing out. I am going to make it go off like there's no tomorrow, and I'm sorry for the, the next hour that you guys all have to sit through it, but I, I want to have my fun, and then I will play the derpiest deck in the world right afterwards, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, like, I have one of my favorite decks is my Memnarch, like, steal all your permanents deck. I'm like, fucking no one likes that deck, man. <laughs> Even you don't like it. I know! Like, I feel bad about playing that deck. I apologize when I bring that deck out. But every once in a while, like, yo, I just want to steal all your shit. Like, yeah, but you feel it. bad about it in the same way, like, a billionaire with his eight wives, you know, is, uh, feeling bad about cashing his checks. <laughs> is that like, a- this sucks. <laughs> this really sucks for everybody else. I yeah. love every moment of hating it. Yeah. Oh, are you casting me in the role of like the two old guys from um like Trading Places? Like the, the one the ones who ruined somebody's life over like a dollar bet? 
now I am. <laughs> now, yeah, That's now. All right, all right, all right. I can kind of get behind that. So, um, sure, I guess. <laughs> Maybe I should adjust my monocle and then segue to the next segment. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I that's my copy of Amazon. Oh well, that was random. So <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking through some uh some Which shit. Avicen, the William uh, Avison, which is horrible. Oh yeah, that mm, as much as I love love Will, not but Rachel's Avison. Yeah, that's who uh, the new one. The yeah. new one. Oh, I haven't I haven't gotten one of those. That seems good. I don't know whether it's good in EDH, is it? I I've seen it used as a commander pretty well. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's good, you know, make stuff indestructible. You could do a lot worse. So. Yeah. Um, okay. But regardless. Oh, go ahead. I, I, I looked ahead to the show topics for the next one, and I have some hilarious... I, I think I can tell my stories from last night in the next episode. <laughs> Sounds good. Nice. As long as you can fit them in somewhere. It, it does involve Avison. Okay. Funny. Hey, there you go. So, uh, Any other last minute, or not last minute, last thoughts on when and why you decided to put a deck out the pasture, guys? No, I think that pretty much covers it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think once something gets unfun for you... I mean, because to me, Commander is about fun i don't play competitive formats anymore and but you know if it's not fun for you or if it's not fun for your play group and try to pay attention to those things then yeah it's it you know no no need to have it around anymore well said sir well said all righty so moving on uh we're gonna move on to our strategy segment next uh so stick around missing that I know what it is. I have one Nykthos that is proxied, and then I have a Seat of the Synod in a mono-white deck, and I don't remember what it's standing in for. <laughs> Do you want an Ancient Den in there? <laughs> I don't think it was supposed to be an Ancient Den. I thought it might be Ancient Tomb, but there's already an Ancient Tomb in the deck. Well then, yeah. I, I need to see if I have the list on tapped out. That might help. So, yep, I officially got nothing for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope. You're playing Seed of the Sign out in there. I the Spirit of EDH three days ago. Yeah. Nada. Next on the strategy segment today, we're going to talk about how you go about retrofitting or updating an old deck. Uh, so now you've you've put one out to pasture. Maybe you kind of want to take it out, dust it off. You know, it's got some things that worked well, but maybe some things that who knows? Maybe like just some new cool stuff came out with a new set, or you just kind of you got a new idea for an old deck. However, it is you know how do you go about retrofitting this? Do you scratch? Do you card by card? You know what have you? So. Uh, Adam, what do you think? How do you go about uh, updating the oldness, the old busted with the new hotness? So, the the long story the is, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so all the decks are the old busted. No, I I usually start off by uh, I already have all of my decks in Google Docs and. Uh, they're already built, like the ones that I want to build even five years from now are already oh. built. <laughs> um, yeah, I have just an insane amount of decks that I built online. Um, and the the problem that I have is I, I built a couple of them a few years ago. And so sometimes I do have to look back through the entire list uh, 
uh, and evaluate like everything that's come out since then and whether everything's synergizing. But more often than not, I, I work with the 27 that I'm immediately trying to build. And I figure out which specific cards that I see out of spoilers, which I do follow fairly, uh, regularly, uh, and, and replace them like from the new set, Splendid Reclamation, which if we've not seen this card, it's amazing. Hmm. Uh, Splendid Reclamation, three generic and one green for a sorcery that says return all land cards from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> so I play as a DC, you know, dredge deck. And, uh, that card will go in there immediately. Yep. Like, it, uh, I don't even know what I'm taking out for it yet, but something is coming out. <laughs> It'll probably be something stupid because I have odd love for like Ice Age cards and I have Ashen Ghoul in there and garbage like that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I will usually see something that just has to go in the deck and then I start looking through that deck list for what has to come out to, to make room for it. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know, the, the thing that always makes me, I don't know, itch to update an old deck is usually, like, something new and cool will come out, right? Like, you'll see something, um, like, I was just, I was just thinking about, uh, you know, the, the new lists, um, and something will grab your eye, or something will be like, oh man, um, like, Sigarda's Aid is one of the new, uh, the new spoilers they, they came out for, uh, Shadows of Rannistrad. And this is, like, everything I ever wanted to do, in an equipment deck ever. Um, and it, it's only one white mana and it's like, you're, you're already in white. Um, so for everybody who hasn't seen it, uh, Sigarda's aid is a one mana white enchantment. Uh, so you're already doing, you're already doing hot because this is already going into, you know, um, uh, oh God. Um, uh, what are they, what's the nickname for the, the new or not the, the 2015, uh, white planeswalker? Uh, the, Oh god. You, oh, he replaced Gideon? Kytheon. Yeah, Kideon. So, yeah. So, my new, my Kideon deck. Cause he replaced the one mana dog, uh, equipment deck. Ismaro. <laughs> yeah, he was, he's like, he's just, I know, Ismaro's good, but Kytheon is just better. So. Yeah, it is. Know, he just, he just is. It's one of the, like, that's, that's one of those, it's, it's sad, but it's just better. Like, when we get to the next segment about, you know, like, breaking up is hard to do, like, so Isumaru was, was one for me. Like, he got dropped because Kaitheon is just, he's just demonstrably better, you know, at what he does. Like, there's no reason for me to play Isumaru unless I was just playing a dog's deck or something. I don't know. Um, but anyway, like, Sigarda's aid is an example of, like, man, I need to update a you know, white equipment deck. So, the one enchantment, you may cast aura and equipment spells as though they had flash, and whenever an equipment enters the battlefield under your control, you may attach it to a target creature you control. Um, you know, just, just, <laughs> like, visions of doing stupid shit with, like, Argentum armor, like, flash in my mind when I yeah. see this. Um, and I just love it. And I'm like, I know, I'm sure I'm gonna get hated off the table for doing it at some point, but, like, you see a card like this that is so clearly designed to just break a part of the game in half. And you're like, man, I mean, this, this thing does everything I want in a white equipment deck. Like, everything. I would probably even stick this in, like, just an Enchantress build, just because it gives, you know, uh, aura cards flash. Um, 
It's just so good. And no, that. I think it totally goes in an enchant. I, I think you could easily get away with putting that in an enchantress gold. Yeah, like just because of the flash. Like it's just so powerful for one mana. Um, that it's just like it. It almost makes me just like that is a thing I just want to build around. It is a thing that makes me want to. I don't know what I'm going to take out for it, but something's taking getting taken out. It fits. In, it fits phenomenally into like a Kytheon curve if you're trying to do crazy aggro like that. Because um, anything with like really low mana like that is just perfect for that deck. So you can flash in Eldrazi Conscription and just immediately go to Magical Christmas Land, like yeah. all in one fell swoop. <laughs> exactly right. I mean, there's just like so many different dumb things that I could that this card enables now. Um, that like other you could you could do it, but you'd have to do it with a couple different cards. You know, like you could do it with Vidalcan Ori, but that's at right. four, and and you know you could do it with a couple other things. But man, oh, like why do I need brass, uh, like brass attendant or brass herald or whatever that stupid little like artifact creature is you tap and uh, attach an equipment? Like between him and uh, you know, like Valkanori and all those other things, like Scar's aid just makes it so much better. So now I'm just looking forward to that. Like that's that's generally how I go about thinking. Like oh man, I need to retrofit this. Um, I, I mean, I think there's also like upgrades in not just like this does something amazing that I need to have in my deck, but you also have like if you're running Dauntless X Escort, right? Well we just got a new Dauntless Escort that's cheaper. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Right. You know, it costs one one less and it's only one color, so it's gonna be easier to cast. And now it's a two one flyer instead of a three three, but still like to me that's an upgrade. I can get this out much earlier, you know, especially if you're playing, you know, Oh god, like Rafik would play Dauntless. That's oh, absolutely. I mean, you yep. know, this is a a quick easy add into that. It might even replace the the escort. Yeah, I mean, one of those things that like easy upgrades like that are always kind of coming out. Um, you know, we'll talk about it more in the next segment too, but those ones I feel are are pretty easy. Um, but what do you do? I guess how about this? If it's not if it's not coming straight from like a new set, um, how do you go about deciding what stays and what goes in a deck? Like if it's not a straight upgrade, um, say you you came across like I don't know in your Eldrazi deck, a lot of the Eldrazi cards I think that just came out I don't, I wouldn't necessarily call straight upgrades. Some are a lot better, but like if you were going that route, how would you decide to make the cut between the old stuff, the old standbys, and the the I don't know the new thing that just caught your eye? That's a that's a tougher one. I I I mean I like the weird flashy like somewhere between Timmy and Johnny stuff. So I mean if something comes out that just does something in a more peculiar or interesting way, I'm probably going to at least try it out. Um and then see, you know, performance-wise. Otherwise, I probably just base things on, you know, I play with, with a group of friends that I generally trust, and I think we're all on similar levels as far as building, and so if somebody suggests something that they're like, you really need to try this card, then, I, you know, I don't mind giving it a go for a few games and seeing what happens. Hmm. Does anybody get, um, I mean, I used to do this quite a bit. I think maybe now I just don't, I'm not such a forum haunt as I used to be. Um, uh, but the MTG Salvation forums used to be a big source of inspiration for me, particularly like the Commander Primers. 
um, like ISP Pathfinder and a lot of guys who just write really super informative primers like that. Uh, you should be great go-tos. And they'll update them from time to time too. In fact, uh, you know, Pathfinder's really good about going back and really refining his stuff when the new sets come out. Um, but does anybody else check like is, is, I mean, I don't do the social medias for instance. So like is Twitter kind of replacing like the old forum standby for this? Uh, no. I think if anything, Tapped Out and EDH Rec mm-hmm. are oh, good point. Much, yeah, EDH much more likely. Because um, if people talk about decks on Twitter, they will probably be linking to a deck list of some sort. Because, um, you know, with 140 characters, it's really hard to type out a full deck list. <laughs> True. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, like EDH Rec does a lot of work. The problem with EDH Rec is, is that, like, you know, it's hey, you have blue in your deck. <laughs> You're going to have Consecrated Sphinx in there. You're going to have Counterspell in there. You're going to have Mana Drain because it's in everybody's fake lists that they can actually not afford. You know, and, and so it gets, it gets pretty homogenous. So I, I look at it sometimes just to see if there's like something super synergistic that I may have forgotten, but then I try to ignore everything else that I see. It does, it does lead to a problem of like homogeneity in decks. You know, like everything kind of ends up being the same thing. And I, I do get, you know, like I go back and forth every once in a while with uh, Eric, Grandpa Growth, about this. Cause his point is, you know, why wouldn't you just put, um, the best thing in your deck? Like why bother to have redundancy? And if you're going for like a straight power level argument, like if you just want to win more games, um, then yeah, like it's hard to, it's hard to, to say like why wouldn't you go with all the, all the recommendations from EDH rec, right? Like on a, on, I guess on a logical level, like yeah, you're right. Like that total, that argument totally holds water. But it's, it's a weird, I don't know, and this is why I fight against like, I don't know, putting, like rationalizing my hobbies too much. Like as a 37 year old man, there's no real reason I should be playing a fucking collectible card game anyway. Like there's no like I I I can't rationalize that out too much anyway. And like now we're we're talking on the internet about a collectible card game. So like rationalizations of that level and logic have just gone by the wayside for a long long time anyway. So I I don't know. It's it's tough when you start boiling it down to you know like like a card by card basis in EDH rec because I do feel. Like you know, like I don't want to put consecrated sphinx in every blue deck. Like I don't even have that many. I think I might have traded away half of them anyway because I get tired of them after a while. I don't know if I even own any consecrated sphinxes. I mean, it's tough, right? Like they are amazing, right? But I just yeah. got tired of seeing that card. I got so tired of, it, as a matter of fact, that I just took it out of everything. So I don't even. Th- I own a few, but I don't think I even have them. I don't think they're in any deck I play. So, um, I mean, I usually base new cards that I'm adding on. It does something weird that I've never seen something do before, and I need to deal with that. I need to be all up in that. I mean, I, the first articles that I that I started writing were like how to make the top ten worst cards actual decks, <laughs> including like what is it, tree elemental or whatever? No, yeah, the wood elemental, that, that, wood <laughs> elemental. That's what it was. I built Wait, a deck one, around that. One of the only things that. I've written for the website was trying to build a Sorrow's Path combo deck. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Talk about some stickers from the past, man. Ooh. <laughs> Much as I love the dark. Fuck that card. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, you know, but it, it's funny you mentioned that, like, um, one of the cards I actually did take out, I, I took out, um, you know, everyone's favorite Consecrated Sphinx for Perplexing Chimera when that came out. Perple- per- precisely for what Adam said, I'm like, this card is bananas. Like, what? What? Like, you you swap it with a spell? Like, what the shit is this? <laughs> you know? 
And, like, that is way more fun for me than Consecrated Sphinx. Consecrated Sphinx is just like, oh, well, yeah, I drew a card. I guess you're going to draw all the cards. Um, but this one's like, wait a second. Like, you, huh? <laughs> so, like, I just, like, I like throwing it down there now because, A, it creates more interesting game states for me because, it, like, players have to judge a little bit more, like, do I want to throw out an X, Y, or Z spell? Because all of a sudden it's not my spell anymore. Um, yeah. And, like, you get, like, yeah, I get a Chimera. Yay. <laughs> you know? I and, like, as wants to do that. A, uh, as a silly sort of lock piece in my group hug deck using Homeward Path. I can see that. Oh, there you <laughs> yep, go. I can see that. Just counter all the things. Yeah. <laughs> And that's awesome, right? Yeah, that's true. The the funniest part is they cast a creature spell, you give them the Chimera, and you take their spell, but before the spell resolves, you activate Homeward Path to take the Chimera back, and then you resolve the creature. There we go. See, and that is way better than, than Consecrated Sphinx. I mean, this, this this shouldn't turn into, like, the let's shit on Consecrated Sphinx, like, sure, whatever. No, 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 no. I, mean, I don't actually it's, see that card too much anymore, personally. Yeah, and I haven't honestly either, even online too much, so. Huh. I mean, who knows? Maybe it's just, like, maybe everyone got fucking tired of that card. So, mm. It's kind of like, like Seedborn Muse. Like, I saw Seedborn Muse forever, and then I saw it in conjunction with Prophet of Crufix, and then yeah. Prophet got banned, and I swear I haven't seen Seed- Seedborn Muse since. So, like, I think people forgot that card existed and does almost the exact same thing. So, yeah. But regardless, uh, does anybody else have any, I guess to wrap up this segment, uh, before we just start hating on cards, card by card, um, does anyone have any other strategies or any other advice for go, how to go about like retrofitting an old deck? Um, don't be afraid to try new things. Um, like if a card looks like it might be an okay replacement or a better replacement, or even some cases a worse replacement with an upside elsewhere in the deck, don't be afraid to try it. Yeah. Fun stuff could happen. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people even say that they have, like, five to ten floating slots in their decks, hmm. where they just, like, these are the five slots that I am just always going to use as whatever, and as new sets come in and they just want to try cards out in EDH, they just, like, throw those cards into those five slots, tinker with it to see if they're actually good. Huh. So, like, uh, would that be, like, a, I guess a mechanic set or something? I, I've done that before, like, it's, it's around, I don't have a, a slot. Like, I, instead of, say, like, Dauntless Escort, I would have, like, an indestruct, make, make shit indestructible. Oh, sure, yeah. You know? And then maybe I would play around with effects that do that, like, if I'm looking for a specific effect. That's an interesting one. I mean, I think that's a pretty smart way to do it, too, you know? I mean, if you, like, you know you need this many card draw slots. <laughs> hey, this thing looks like it draws cards fairly effectively. Let me tr- throw that in for this other thing that draws cards. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that's a nice way to put a bow on this one. So uh, that was it for our strategy segment this week about retrofitting or updating an old deck. Uh, if you have your own advice, please feel free to hit us up in the comments. Um, I think I'm always looking for advice on this. I sometimes feel like anyone ever feel that they just do this wrong, <laughs> like or or maybe like you've updated so much you lose like the the cohesion of the deck. Like you just throw and you're like, oh man. Like sometimes I have, I swear I have like I don't know like a like a new set boner too much and just gets out of hand and i was like oh, i'm just gonna throw all these cool shit and i'm like what the fuck did this deck do i don't know so i think it's entirely possible to do it wrong if you're me if everyone else has better strategies let me know so uh next moving on to technology we're going to talk about breaking up is hard to do um this went along with the segment too discussing cards that we used to love that have been outclassed or just strictly uh made worse by some of the new things that have been out there uh, my 
my example was the, the Isamaru Kytheon thing. Sometimes they just get totally outclassed. Doesn't mean that you don't play that, that stuff anymore, but you, I think at some level you just have to acknowledge that you're playing the worst version of that card. Um, so anyway, that'll, that'll happen after a short break. Alrighty. So. I still don't know what the seat of the Synod was supposed to be, but I think it was a land. <laughs> Evo, what's your okay. land count? Uh, the land count without... Let's see, one, two, three. Um, okay. I think that's what it needs to get up to. Because I have 32, plus the seat of the Synod, plus another slot, and then plus a Crucible that is in a different deck. So I can bump it up to 34 lands. The curve is somewhat low. Actually, the curve is not low at all. I just tell myself that to <laughs> feel better about it. Curve is less than five. Good. That seems amazing. Um... Alrighty, folks, we are back, and now it is time for a technology segment this week. Uh, we're going to talk about how breaking up is hard to do. Uh, we're kind of on a, on, a, on a weirdly cohesive theme in the show today. So we're going to discuss cards we used to love that have either been outclassed by new cards, or maybe cards that are just straight upgrades to the, the old cards here. Um, so, Adam, you're the guest, so tell me what is your your out and your in for each one. I guess I should I should set this up. We're gonna give a pair of cards to talk about. Uh, one, the old hotness, or sorry, the old busted, and then the new hotness. And then we're gonna talk about why uh, one got the nudge over the other. Um, and then maybe if you know, you know, if we have to you know say goodbye to one, or maybe have a teary interlude, uh, we could do that too, I suppose. So, uh, so to bring up the should. Really just bring it up because it's an amazing, amazing new card uh, that I will not actually make this replacement. Uh, take out Donate and play Harmless Offering in Zedru because <laughs> Kitty Cats for life. <laughs> Does it make it better that it's like Cthulhu Kitty Cats with that weird shit on its tail? Dude, that thing is the creepiest. <laughs> I love that card. Yep. <laughs> no, but but for real, um, something like a sis. Sissé's Ring, taking Sissé's Ring out uh, and putting in Hedron Archive. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, there are a lot of decks that were playing Sissé's Ring, mo- mostly in the hardcore, like, mono-brown uh, rampy decks. Uh, but, you know, hey, I'll take the exact same card with a late game I can sack it and draw two. Yeah, seems significantly better. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny you mention that because uh I've been putting Hedron Archive into a lot of decks recently, actually as a replacement for Dreamstone Hedron. Um Yeah. Because yeah. it just came like I find that coming down I like that effect is something I wanted the four slot, 
but not something I'm, I really want at the sixth slot. So yeah, it, it makes one less mana and it draws me one less card, but it's also cheaper. And I feel like that's when I really need the gas is around, like, if I play that turn four, say, like, turn five is when I really need the gas. It's way more crucial than play a Hedron or a Dreamstone Hedron turn six and then wait for some gas on turn seven. So. That's fair. Yeah. But I also like the Sisse's Ring thing, too. I mean, much as I love me some Sisse's Ring and some Ergolem's Eye. Um, oh, yeah, that's the other yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, those are, yeah, those Mana Rocks probably don't need to be there no more. So. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Uh, Clay, what do you got? Um, my first set is going to be, uh, you know, we all love pacifism. Making something can't attack, can't block. Um, however, I think it was, uh, Shadowmoor? Um, yeah, Shadowmoor gave us Prison Term, which is, uh, some pretty, it's a pretty sweet aura. Costs one and white and a white, so it's a little more heavy. Um, but Enchant Creature, Enchanted Creature can't attack or block, and its activated abilities can't be activated, so it's a little bit better than pacifism. But it also says whenever a creature enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, you may attach prison term to that creature. So basically, you stick it on their thing, and then if they play something that's even more obnoxious that you really need to get out of there, you can just move it. No big. True. Yeah. Yeah, prison term is, yeah, it's just strictly better. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. why? Yeah. You can't really argue with that. Huh. No. Um, alright, so mine is another strictly better card. Uh, so Collective Unconscious used to be my BFF in every token deck I played. Um, but now, uh, now that Shamanic Revelation has come out at one less mana, uh, there's really no reason that I should play Collective Unconscious anymore. Um, so Shamanic Revelation, uh, came out in cons. It is three colorless and two green. Uh, it's just draw a card for each creature you control. It also has the, the extra ferocious bit on there, so you gain four life for each creature you control with power four or greater. Which I suppose would, would work out. I mean, if you're playing some, I don't know, if you're playing some crazy door of destiny effects, or, you know, um, you could probably get, you could probably get that. I'm sure that's going to be relevant sometime, but you're just playing it for the five mana draw card. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I play, I play Shamanic Revelation and previously Collective Unconscious in a Seton deck. Which is like druids tribal, so they're all like one ones and two twos, and still sometimes I get there and gain life off this card. So that's pretty cool. Uh, you never know, right? Like it's nice to have it, you know. It's and it's one of those things like I wouldn't turn down gaining four life for every creature with four man, you know, over four power or more. I wouldn't turn that down. You know, I'm not gonna kick it out of bed, but it's not what I'm taking it home for. So sure. Yeah. Alright, next up at the top again, uh, Adam, I think this is hilarious because we had the same card, but we replaced it with something different. So, uh, what did, what did you have for your second pick? So, I had, uh, taking out clone, which, if we don't know what clone does, it's one blue and three generic for a creature that comes into the battlefield as a copy of another creature that's out. Uh, which is you might say it uh clones a creature it does it's pretty (laughs) those plays on words (laughs) um and we're taking that out for clever impersonator which is a little bit more difficult to splash uh you know with two generic and two blue but it enters the battlefield as a copy of any non-land permanent so i mean it just opens the world up so much more uh, in any kind of deck that you're playing. You know, somebody just has a really great, you know, somebody plays Omniscience. And you're like, okay, I want one of those. <laughs> yeah, right. So, like, somebody plays a great Planeswalker. I want one of those, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's like, 
once Clever Impersonator got spoiled, I think I saw it at like the cons pre-release, and I'm like, yeah, I just need like I don't know four or five of those right. because every time I want a clone effect, like that's pretty much what I want. So, um, although ironically, I replaced it with something else in mine. <laughs> so I, I'll just go. Uh, Clay, I don't mean to squeeze you out of this one, but this actually probably makes more sense. Oh, no, geez, no problem. I actually a clone one too. Yeah, I, I, I thought of another clone. <laughs> All right, well, so... go go with your clone one now. <laughs> no, you you go with yours first. It's okay. funnier. Um, so with, uh, what I tossed my clone out for was, uh, Gigantoplasm, uh, which is three colors and a blue. And it, it came out in the, I think it was last year's, uh, Commander 2015 cycle. Uh, so you may have Gigantoplasm enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature on the battlefield, except it gains the, uh, oh god, what's the shape, what's that changeling ability? The, the white changeling. But I, I keep forgetting. Oh, mirror entity. Mi- yeah, so it has the mirror entity ability without making things copies of creatures. So it just has pay X, and this creature has base power and toughness XX. So it doesn't do it for your whole squad, but it's like a, know, it's a clone you can pump, I guess. Yeah. Or, and it has a, a really big homunculus behind it, I think. Is that what we're calling the things with the one eyes? I think those the are. The single hum- eye, I think, think they're homunculi now, yeah. 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 So we're good with that, so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Clay, what did you replace clone with? It's like the well, shit on clone segment. Cool. <laughs> but I love clone. I, yeah, I do too. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one came out in New Phyrexia, Phyrexian Metamorph. Um, it's best known for being the three mana clone, which, uh, it's three mana and two life because it costs three and a Phyrexian blue. So it's the same mana cost, but slightly different. And it's better because it can also clone artifacts. And then whatever it clones, it is an artifact in addition to its other types, which might matter for your deck, might also make it easier to blow up. Mm. But the most important thing is, you know, you can play your turn one Sol Ring and then turn two play another landing copy or Sol Ring, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, Phyrexian Metamorph is amazing. Yeah, I find in any deck that I want a clone effect, Phyrexian Metamorph is probably going to go in there. And Clever Impersonator, probably, so... Yeah, I mean, well, and the new one, actually, there's a, a new one that just came out uh, that doesn't seem too bad either. It's uh, Identity Thief. Two generic, two blue. Uh, whenever Identity Thief attacks... Oh, it's attacks. You may exile another target non-token creature. If you do, Identity Thief becomes a copy of it. And you have to return that... Oh, God, that's horrible. What am I talking about? <laughs> well, I mean... This card is stupid. Don't ever play this card. <laughs> Well, it's funny. It's like, um, you know, some of those cards, some of the cards are close. Like, I thought the same way about Mercurial Pretender and, um, oh, oh yeah, yeah. And, and the legendary, the, the, the one that used to get around the, the clone rule. So, um, so, for whatever reason, I thought this did basically what Fiend Hunter did, but mm-hmm. it cloned. And I was like, that's pretty okay. But no, it's when it attacks and that makes it so much worse. <laughs> you're like, you're not pretty okay. Actually, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> good good to know. So well, you are almost worth my time, but no. <laughs> that is exactly it. Yep. Uh and Clay, you have our last one, so bring us home on this, bud. Okay. Well, overrun is a pretty sweet card. It uh costs a bunch of mana and it makes all your dudes bigger and it gets them trample. Five mana for plus three plus three and trample on the team is pretty good on turn five. Especially if you have played a bunch of elves or something and you're just killing a person. However, back in Aphidson Restored, we got a beast of a card called Craterhoof Behemoth. I don't think I need to explain why Craterhoof Behemoth is better than Overrun. <laughs> yeah, not on an EDH nope. podcast. Nope. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I need to explain that. 
and I think it's very, very obvious. Yep. Yeah, I just kind of, like, I keep waiting for the Creator Hoof reprint and dreading it at the same time. Because now, like, Creator Hoof is definitely out there. Like, if you're playing the big green stompies, like, you've got Creator Hoof. You're just playing anything. Like, I play Creator Hoof yeah. token decks. Like, yes. Creator Hoof is just good. Like, it is. It is <laughs> just you are going good. Wide, yeah. Creator Hoof kills people. Yep. Um, yeah, like, it is, it is the wing con of choice if you've got green in your commander sim- mana symbol. Um, so yeah, like, that's, yeah, and it, the, the unfortunate thing about Overrun, right, is, uh, like, for a while I was trying out things like Vitalizing Wind, um, to get around that, like, Vitalizing Wind, for all you people who thankfully probably have never played it, uh, just gives yeah. all your creatures plus seven, plus seven. It's like an eight mana instant, or like an eight or nine mana instant, I think. I don't know. Out of oh, like... it's like the plague wind. It's that whole cycle. Yeah, yeah. So it's the uh, it's yeah the shitty plague wind or the <laughs> shitty cycle of that plague wind. It's from prophecy, I think. Yeah. Uh, so like, and that one's kind of like that one's funny when people pull it out. They're like, ha ha, could you not afford Craterhoof Behemoth? So, <laughs> and you know, so that's. Yeah, you should probably just play Crater Hoof Behemoth. Like, there's no to be fair, there's no do that. Crater Hoof Behemoth is about a hundred times more expensive now than it was when I pulled one during an Abyssin Restored draft. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, what are those things going for nowadays? I'm they're like twenty five. Yeah, well, they, they're in Legacy Elves, right? No, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So. I mean, they're also in every green EDH deck ever. So there's that. Yeah. One of those, yeah. uh, one of those things that like, yep, it's just good. You should, yeah, you don't. Have I think, to I think Overrun got outclassed like kind of slowly, but like now just one on I top mean, of the other. Kamal Fist of Krosa very quickly outclassed it. Yeah, right. and Kamal is actually my Overrun of choice because you can also do like, like I just like, I also love Kamal for the incidental like, oh, you want a wrath? How about like I pay a couple green mana and then you wrath your your land, mana base away? So yeah. seems pretty good too. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, but yeah, that I mean, is good. Yeah, I mean, Kamal, you've got the the ultimate, which is not hard, of Garuk. Um, you got the new guy, yeah. Decimator of Provinces. You've got the Pathbreaker Ibex, which is better than I thought it was. Yeah, that guy actually does pull some weight. I did forget about him. You know, the Overrun Goat, he's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, maybe Overrun Ram. I don't know. I don't want to be offensive to goats out there. Who knows? Um... But yeah, I guess there there are an awful lot of picks for this. Uh, but if you out there, listeners, have uh, some other cards that have just been straight up outclassed, uh, let us know because I'm probably playing the old shitty cards still, and I probably should be playing the better cards. So uh, yeah, between that and don't play Vitalizing Wind, yeah, I think we're good. Uh, last uh, I don't know, last thoughts on this subject, gentlemen, before we wrap it up. Again, don't be afraid to try new cards. Absolutely. Especially when they're better than your older cards. Right. <laughs> yeah, don't keep Squire in there when you got Kytheon around. Well, yep. let's get the Squire out of here. Yeah. Bye, Adam. <laughs> that's, I think that's the first time someone's ever segued themselves out of a show. That's, that's pretty good. So, <laughs> achievement unlocked, Adam, you sly dog, you. Uh, uh, so let's move, uh, let's slide into the outro then, folks, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Outro time. And now it's time for the outro. So, guests first. Adam, thank you for coming on again, man. Thank you for doing two shows in a row today. Uh, No problem. Yeah. So, uh, if people want to get in contact with you, how can they do it? 
so you can find me at Twitter on Squire9999, or uh, you can email me at squire1mtg at gmail.com. Great. Clay, if the peoples have questions about why they shouldn't be playing Isamaru anymore and should be playing Kytheon, what we uh, sadly tell them and where. <laughs> well, people can find me on Reddit and Twitter as EDHPanda. Uh, you can also email me at that. I'm also on Facebook as Commander Panda, even though I have no clue if anyone even knows that page exists. And I. Oh, they know! They just. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. What about you, Mark? I, as usual, am uh, not on the social media. I might be allergic to it. Um, at, and so you guys can just hit me up on my Gmail, which is mahlerma at gmail.com. If you want to just tweet out to the, the whole CommanderCast network, uh, we're just at CommanderCast on Twitter. Or you can just send something to all of us at CommanderCast at gmail.com. Uh, you can hit up Calvin at Captain Red Zone, or you can hit up Will at, at BlueRam1409. So uh, be sure to check out our CommanderCast Facebook page. Um, we're definitely sure that one exists, unlike uh, Clay's. <laughs> So that one, that's the thing. You can go there. It's honest God. Uh, you can also tweet at us, like I said, at CommanderCast or email us at CommanderCast.com or at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes and we'll read it off on the air. And uh, if you like what we do here, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Uh, we know some of you guys are donating already, and that's really awesome. Uh, it doesn't, you know, it's... It's not like any of us are making money off of this, but unfortunately they are charging us money to put this up. Um, so every little bit helps, guys. So Server really... space costs money. <laughs> yeah, un- unfortunately. unfortunately. Um, yeah. And so a big thanks to everyone here at CommanderCast Network. Uh, we will see all you guys next week with more community strategy and technology. Until then, let's get it! Nose, 6 p.m. on the nose. <laughs> that was pretty good. Pretty good. Made up a little I, bit of I, time. I was, yep, I like that. So, uh, yeah, hey, Adam, man, thank you for doing the... Uh, hey, the, thanks for having me. Back, man. That was great. We should have you on more often, man. I mean, hey, well, whenever you want. <laughs> that, uh, that chunk of time is about what it would regularly take for us to record on Thursday night. So. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird to think we're gonna we're gonna knock out three episodes and what we normally would do on a Thursday. So, <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I mean the the normal Commander Cast. It, I mean, it's it's no knock against uh, Will or Calvin. It just it got a little long for my taste. You know? Yeah, for sure. So yeah. we 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 uh we dangle a lot. We, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We well, I mean, I could tell by the amount of dangling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like when we go on. I don't know. It seems like we could go on vacation. For, I think we did go on vacation for like a month, and then we just had dangles for like a month. So. Yeah, yeah. 
we kind of we get off on tangents, man. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it was good, and yeah, I mean, if if I've got time, Thursdays are horrible for me because it's my only EDH night. Oh, don't worry. Like, <laughs> actually, we don't actually. We probably won't do normal Thursdays from now on because uh, Thursdays are absolutely terrible for me uh, moving forward too. So we're we're gonna have to decide though. Like, we're gonna do these in a couple batches, and then you know, see yeah. what we can get. Uh, yeah. After the summer ends, I'll basically be available most nights except for Friday nights. Um, okay. Because during the summer, I have... So, it might not... I, I play a lot of Magic in the summer. Like, we get together at the store, like, on Monday nights, and Friday nights, of course, and Wednesday nights, and after this is done, I'm going to be going to play at a friend's house, and tomorrow we're going to get together because we issued a dojo challenge to another store. Nice. So a huge group of people from my store are going to another store's EDH night. <laughs> and we're all just right. going like, to gang rush them. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I feel like you have to all us. put members only jackets and headbands on and just like walk in there like you're just calling I mean, them out. <laughs> I'm going to be repping my Atomic Empire shirt. Um, it's a great store in Durham, North Carolina. You should check it out. Um, yeah. <laughs> the next time I drive a thousand miles for some EDH, I will be on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, I'm jealous, man, because I don't get a chance to play nearly as, as much as I want to. Like, I would love to go out um, tomorrow night and do it, but you know, I've got other things I gotta go run out and do. And it feels like every time they run like EDH night is the night that I'm busy, which is ironic because like I don't have to go to, to work again until fucking the end of August, but. <laughs> Oh, do you go? Do you go to a store? Um, yeah, I usually go to a store. This is as a one or two stores up me up by me that are pretty good. Um, one of them started up. Uh, actually, they started up their own podcast too. I should hit those guys up. Um, down by me. Uh, and a lot of the guys. It was weird. Like we had, we had a store that I used to go to all the time, and then like the guy who ran the magic side of that quit. Or actually, he found a better job. Um, because I I don't even want to know how you make money on on this like as a full time job. Like the yeah. profit margin, it's got to be so slim. So I'm glad he he moved on to bigger and better things. But that kind of let like they kind of let our community kind of split in a weird way. And so there's one store that's about 20 minutes away, which is a really good store, but it's also like, eh, do I really want to take a 20 minute drive out there? Probably. Uh, but there's another store that's like a lot closer to me, but there's new guys, you know. So. That's it's not a big deal. So that means I gotta go out and you know check them out and see, uh, and probably get ingratiated. But it's like a new community. So every time there's a new community startup, there's kind of some new people, some old people. It's a weird mix. Um, but long story short, like I don't get a chance to play as much as I would like to. But hey, it happens. Yeah. Um, okay. someone posted on Reddit. Um, that was just like art direction. Hey Ian, we need another serpent, but this time put like volcanoes on the back, and it's uh. Kukemsa serpent next to Tanihua, and they look almost exactly the same, except the Kukemsa serpent is red and there are volcanoes. That instantly makes And it's the same artist. (laughs) Oh, oh, buddy. Can you plagiarize from yourself? I guess. Hey, Ian, we need another serpent. Yeah, I know. Just make this one red or something. Maybe add a volcano for good measure. (laughs) Oh, magic artists. Uh Okay. Clay, you good? I'm here. Cool. Okay. This is, I think this is good. Adam, you there? <coughs> I am. Yep. Sweet. All right. Holy shit. Fucking. <laughs> this one's going to be rough and rocky, people. So, so <laughs> it says it's recording. We got everybody on here after a good, I don't know, 15 minutes of trying. So let's. Whew. Oh, buddy. 
Hopefully this episode actually makes it. Uh, we are going to do episode 255 here. So talk about some tired, fired, and retired decks. Whatever that fucking means. Oh, just went to put it, went to put a deck out the pasture. Would you don't like my, my catchy subtitle? Come on. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> there we go. Alrighty. Mushrooms what to fucking put in here. They can't just add basics. I mean, it depends. How many fetches are you running and how many duels are you running? I can't just add basics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I didn't, I, uh, who knows, maybe this is a religious objection. And, I apologize, no, that was, a, no. that was a... It's a mono-white deck. Stupid <laughs> suggestion. Um, can't just add basics because I'm playing all snow coverts and I don't have any extra uh, snow Oh, uh, yeah. well you should add uh, Karoo then. Oh god, don't uh, add Karoo. <laughs> was I just thinking of? When they reprinted those in the Commander Pile, I was like, really? <laughs> I I love those cards because they're so bad. They like, have such a hard-on for the bounce lands and the cycling lands yep. in Commander products. And I'm like, I swear to God, like I don't want to cycle that badly. I just I really don't. <laughs> I do Stop like putting the cycling lands for versatility, especially in decks that don't need the early land drops as I can, see, I can see the argument the, for them, but oh man! But they put the cycling creatures and stuff in there too, and it's like these these are not good. Stop it! Looking <laughs> through a thing to try and find. Hey, there's drifting meadow. There's Karoo. Yeah, yeah, Karoo. <laughs> that mirage. Yeah. Gift of Estates. Probably Tithe in one of those slots. Tithe isn't bad. That might not actually be too bad. Tithe, Tithe is really Hallowed Spirit bad. Keeper. That fucker. Except that's not a land. God damn it. Alright, folks. Uh, so are we all ready to go, guys? I uh, should be. Are we, are we adding a third, or did you just? Uh, no, uh, Nick is gonna pop in for the six o'clock show, so we should be all wrapped up. Like, if we do technology and do like 20 minutes on technology, we should be all. Oh, no, no, no. I meant for the cards that you had listed. Oh, I, I popped in a second. Um, so. I don't know, it's, uh, we can just do I'm, like. Arabic I'm still trying that. to figure out what to talk about here. I mean, it is tough. I mean, mine, mine was, I, oh, go ahead, Adam. No, no, I said Mark and I both hate clones now, apparently. <laughs> I know, it's fun. I think it's hilarious that we both replace it with something different. So, yeah. yeah, but I mean, yeah, clone has just been, yeah, clone has just been, uh, it's, it was great, like, way back in the day, I guess. Even though back in the day, I probably would have played, like, uh, the doppelganger, like the Subin doppelganger over clone. But Which I still have, but I'm never gonna have Subin doppelganger. Yeah. I'm probably never gonna play it outside of like Commander 95, but whatevs. Um, hey man, you could do, I don't know, you could do Kaithan and Nisamaru. You could do the new spirit thing and, uh, Dauntless Escort. Sure, there was a, there was a new, um, like pacifism type effect that was really good that I saw. Hold on. Because do these have to be, like, recent at all? No. No, I mean, mean, like, I was thinking, I don't know if this counts, but, like, you know, the new Scarecrow and Burnished Heart? Mm. Except Burnished Heart's better because the Scarecrow puts it on the battle, puts it into your hand. Yeah, but, I mean, it kind of, like, you can make an argument for for one or the other because one, it gets down a turn earlier, but, eh, whatever. Reaper King. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, I think that's choking, choking restraints is the, uh, prison term and pacifism. That's pretty good. Choking restraints is the new one. That's like, it's a pacifism except for once it's down, you can sack it. You can pay five and sack it to exile whatever it was enchanting. Oh, true. Hmm. So like, I just think it's baller with sun Titan. Yeah. 
I mean, I if given the chance, like I have to remind myself to take not put Sun Titan in every single deck that runs white. No, like I just uh, I, uh, I don't understand what you just said. You should absolutely <laughs> run Sun Titan in every deck that's white. It's so and then, good, man. Oh. And then you should put in Clue Stones and Commander <laughs> Spheres. Yeah, ah, oh, love me, love me some Sun Titan. That is honestly like as derpy as it sounds. Like Sun Titan is my favorite of the Titan cycle, even even before um you know Prime Time got the ban hammer. But regardless. Um, all right, so let's move into uh, some technology then. So I'll give Calvin a couple seconds. Menegas.com